Necessary Skeptical Podcast. I'm Nathan, and joining me today is Susie. Hello. And Craig. Hello. And it's a shame that Chrissy's not here because I was going to do her first, so to speak. I've got a sense of deja vu. (laughs) Uh, And Susie's not quite as surprised this time round as she was the first time (laughs) because we mucked up the recording and we've had to start again from the beginning. So. Well, we're now actually recording. Yeah, well, we were recording before, but it stopped inexplicably in the middle of the... Anyway. A gremlin in the machine. Yes. Um, so, tempted to say we don't have any feedback. But we but do. last time that caused a 15-minute argument. So, Craig, do you want to give us your feedback? All right. Briefly, Nathan's wrong in that in the last podcast he pulled me up on my use of the term scare quotes when Susie put scare quotes, air quotes, <laughs> around her description of Dr. Ajit. Was it not? Ajit. 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 Yes. We were all doing it. Right. Anyway. The point being that scare quotes is not what they're called. It's a term that is generally applied to when they're used in the media inappropriately in order to generate a reaction where quotes or inverted commas or air quotes when you do them with your fingers um, means that you're using the term inappropriately or ironically. Um, All we're arguing about really is the semantics of using the term scare quotes to refer to all quotes. Which I believe they are. Which I think is stupid. I'm not air quoting, I've got a sore wrist. Too much masturbating in (laughs) 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 machines. Uh, so, <laughs> Sorry. so anyway, according to the Wikipedia article, according to Wikipedia, the air quotes Wikipedia are analogous to scare quotes in print. I think the term has entered the vernacular. I don't think it should have. I think it's, it's <laughs> okay. Not. All right. So it's Nathan versus the internet. Okay. And we all know who's going to win that. <laughs> so moving on a little bit quicker than last time to the notice board, and. The first thing that we need to bring up is, as well as uh, we're recording this on New Year's Eve, it is also our second anniversary of the first episode of The Cusp. Happy birthday to us. Us, but not Susie, because she... Happy birthday, dear Cusp. Does that mean Uh, we get to celebrate my second birthday in April? Uh, When I joined. No. Okay. Oh, you can. You can have your own private little party. So feel free to send us gifts. <laughs> Indeed, yes. No monetary amount will be too large. Yes. Or gift vouchers, I suppose. Chocolates. <laughs> In fact, what everyone could do is perhaps get together and talk about it so that they don't, so you don't all send us chocolates. Because some of you could then send books and some of you could send <laughs> chocolates. I'm betting that by the time we record the next month's podcast, we won't have received anything. <laughs> Well, that's probably because I won't have uploaded this until the day of the next podcast at the rate I'm going. Um, Yes. Anyway, gold. Gold. Gold is, as most of you will be aware, the current chair entity of the New Zealand Skeptics. And he is intentionally homeless. Susie. He is. He has got this crazy idea to walk the length of New Zealand um, and he's starting tomorrow, um, New Year's Day. Is he, is he actually walking the length of New Zealand or twice the length? Is he going there and back or is he just... No, he's not going back again. No, he's going all the way up to the top. So he's starting down in, at the bottom of the South Island and then he's walking on a new track 
um, which has just recently opened, called Te Araroa. She says in her best Maori. Te Araroa. Te Araroa. And then he's going to end up in the top of the North Island, um, Cape Rianga, in about three or four months' time. He says. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he might do that marathon thing where, you know, he just gets on a bus. Yeah. And then... And then hides out in the forest yeah, for three months. The <laughs> um, he is doing it to raise money for Christchurch and for Women's Refuge and a few other things. So um, you can go to his website and you can pledge some money for charity, or Which you is can intentionallyhomeless.org. Um, or you could even just um, send a little bit of money to keep him in those freeze-dried foods for the next three months. Um, as well. And, oh yes, he's not going to shave. He's not going to shave his head, he's not going to shave any bits, so when he turns up at Cape Wianga, he's going to look like the Yeti, is what I'm expecting. With a nice, full, sceptical beard. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so if you want to pledge some money, donate some money to the Intentionally Homeless New Zealand Walk, go to intentionallyhomeless.org and... Uh, Give him some money. And if there's a uh, blog on there as well, so you can track his progress. Wow. Mm, crazy. Mental. Let's hope he makes it. <laughs> Doesn't give up along the way. Oh, I thought you meant to get eaten by a, um, a, oh, large, a large cat or something. <laughs> well, he's going to go through Christchurch. You watch out for those big cats. <laughs> what big cats? The ones that uh, Vicky told us all about in her interview, episode zero, that obviously you haven't listened to. Two years back. Two years, Two years ago. Okay, so moving on to the news, and Craig is going to tell us about recent knighthoods for sciencey people. Okay, in the mother country of England, they have handed out some New Year's honours, knighthoods, in fact, to um, some Nobel-winning people. Uh, the a, Two Nobel laureates involved in the creation of graphene, which is a sheet of carbon just one atom thick, received knighthoods in the New Year's honours. Professors Andre Guim and Constant Nosolov. It's not any easier the second time around, <laughs> is it, Craig? From the Man University of Manchester won the Nobel Prize in 2010 for their pioneering research. And um, they have both received uh, knighthoods. And um, yeah, so the knighthoods uh, from the technology and science sectors are making up 3% of this year's list, which I suppose is quite small, but um, at least there are some people from the technology and science sectors who are on the list. Another person who's on that list is uh, Jonathan Ive, who works for Apple, um, has been there for nearly 20 years and has been uh, responsible for um, the design of um, the actual physical products, not the, not the software. Um, things like um, the, the iPod and the iPhone and so on. And so he's... Um, He's from the UK, went to Northumbria Polytechnic and uh, then North Northumbria University where he studied industrial design. And so he has also made the uh, honours list and is now a sir. So, well done. Well done. Awesome. And the next item is Samoa and Tokelau have both time travelled into the future. If I'm reading this correctly. Yeah, so they've skipped a day. They have literally skipped a day as the international dateline has moved. 
And the reasoning for that apparently is to align with trade partners. Um, Samoa announced the decision in May in an attempt to, <coughs> in a bid to improve ties with major trade partners, Australia and New Zealand. So the idea being that they are now more in sync with our time. They're an hour ahead of us. Would now have five working days of continuous contact with counterparts in New Zealand and Australia. And apparently there's been parties and people... Um, it's funny because it's not actually New Year there yet. If they're only an hour ahead of us, they've still got a few oh, hours to go. Well, they're just celebrating... I thought that they were just celebrating the, the change. They they they've they've gone into the future, yeah. Mm. Missing a day. You can hear the sound of a lot of vehicles going around town, going around the town centre clock and tooting their horns, people screaming, he said. So apparently that's a big deal if you live in Samoa. Uh, I guess they're excited to be closer to New Year's. Someone was saying that there were a whole bunch of countries that uh, changed the dateline um, at the millennium yep. changeover in order to be the first people. Kiribati. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So it would be the first place to see in the new century. But... Maybe okay, they're making so up so for wait, the... Wait, wait, wait. So they didn't have the 30th of December, yeah. right? What if it was your birthday on the 30th of December? <gasps> oh, you'd be gutted. It'd be just like people who had birthdays on the 29th of February. Yeah, but at least they're expecting it. <laughs> they, they're used to it. Yeah. If your birthday's on the 30th of December, you're not expecting it to disappear. It's quite deep, isn't it? A whole mm. day just disappearing out of the calendar. Mm. Like, oh. What do you do? How's Outlook going to cope? Oh my God! It was it was hard enough trying to get that when when all the um, daylight savings changed, have an entire day disappear. Jeez. Maybe people will just move their clocks forward one day. They'll adjust the clock manually on their computer forward <laughs> yeah, a day. Yeah, I suppose as long as you don't have any appointments on the. Um, no. On the 30th. No. Well, if you agreed to start a new job on the thirtieth of December, two thousand and eleven, in Samoa, well, you're still waiting. <laughs> yep. Okay, so moving on to Susie. Tell us about the billboard. The National Vaccine Information Centre, which is a, um, a bunch of anti-vaxxers in the US, um, have rented New York City's Times Square's huge, huge um, screen, 5,000 square feet screen, to play a 27-second ad, which they're obviously going to do quite a lot, um, that what, what it, all it says is something like um, vaccination, your, your family, your health, your choice or something, um, and, then, and then their website. As in, go to us for information when, of course, they're Well, it's not as bad as I, was, as I was thinking it might be. Well, that's, that's terrible. It's saying, you know, go here for your source of information. It's going to be seen by millions. But only once they get to the website. The ad itself doesn't contain any... Well, the ad is bad in that it's, it's causing people to question vaccination. Anyway, so they're, they're putting it up for New Year's Eve, and the point is that New Year's Eve at Times Square is televised. It's really a big deal. And so their message is going to get to huge numbers of people, even if those people have to go and click on the link. Which So maybe it's not as bad as had the advert just said... Vaccines will kill you, but um, presumably there'd have been even more of a stink if they'd done that. Um, so there's a there's some um, the, the uh, skeptic and everybody are trying to get it pulled, and there are um, 
is a, a what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, petition. There's a petition. There's yeah, twittering all over about it. But given that it's a few hours away, well, for us it's a few hours away. It's a whole day for them, so they've still got time. Yeah, so I guess we'll see see where that goes. And there's quite a few anti-vaccination stuff going on at the moment. So there's so there's this ad in Times Square. And there was a festival in Australia. Yeah. The Woodford Folk Festival. Where Meryl Dory um, spoke. And apparently she spoke... So this is the rabid anti-vaccination person in Australia. She's clearly quite crazy. Um, and apparently she's spoken at this festival for the last couple of years. And this year... People made such a fuss that she was going to be speaking again that... Um, By people, of course, you mean the Australian yes, sceptics. sceptics. Yes, um, That they... They changed it to a panel. Well, it was so her and a professor of immunology who... Um, just one guy? I thought it was, they said, experts. Oh, I thought it was just her and one guy. She's taking part in a forum along with actual experts who are more or less familiar with reality. And well, that's quite an achievement, though, considering that the festival that they're at is the Woodford Folk Festival. Yeah, well, and apparently um, the, the, what I read was the guy, the, the guy who was you know, trying to counter all her nonsense did get booed quite a lot. But what they also did was they flew a plane. So the STOP, the Australian Vaccination Network, had a plane with a big sign. Um, Vaccines save, save lives. lives. Um, that flew over the the festival. I mean, you know, Australia. So the Australian skeptics are amazing. But they do have some of these really scary people. So Meryl Dory is one of them. You know, and they're they're they've got an incredible um, problem with things like whooping cough. You know, they've got kids dying left, right, and centre of whooping cough because these crazy people who don't have any medical knowledge. That all they do is talk a load of lies. Um, they, they're, you know, they're very, very successful. And so the Australian sceptics have had to be really up there and step up their game. Yeah. As well. Oh, speaking about crazy people uh, and Meryl, when I was reading through all this, um, just the last couple of days, catching up, what's been going on, and uh, there's a bit of a meme going around at the moment involving Meryl and a post that was on the their Facebook page, I think, a guy called Elf. So this guy is basically saying, I see plenty of problems with human gene patenting. Here is a scenario that I have recently been pondering. Say, for example, a vaccine is injected into a child and its hidden agenda is to change the genetic code of that child in a specific way. And this specific gene change is patented by Bob's Your Uncle Corporation. Essentially, they then own your child and or that corporation has the ability to take you to court for ownership of their property due to their painted a gene code in that child, blah, 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 blah. Uh, then the Australian Vaccination Network, signed MD at the bottom of the comment, says, that makes sense, Elf. <laughs> Just like blah, 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 blah. Organic crops, Monsanto, <laughs> contamination of our children's DNA. And so it's become a bit of a meme now, and there's um, uh, posters going out with uh, pictures of Meryl Dory saying, that makes sense, Elf. <laughs> Sounds like a slippery slope argument to me. A little bit. Well, there's this whole concept of a vaccine is injected in a child, and its hidden agenda is to change the genetic code of that child. And then 
the idea that, so that the company become... would then own your child. Moving on. Yes, indeed. So not only do the Australians have Meryl Dory, they also have Stephanie Messenger, who ah. is another um, Should we treat slightly the unhinged, mm. absolutely, slightly unhinged lady, who's written a book called Melanie's Marvellous Measles. Let me tell you... Marvellous Measles. Marvellous. This book takes children aged 4 to 10 on a journey of discovering about the ineffectiveness of vaccinations while teaching them to embrace childhood disease, heal if they get a disease, and build their immune systems naturally. <sighs> so over on Cyblogs, um, Michael Edmonds has written a rather nice version called Melissa's Miserable Measles, which ends with the death of Melissa's brother because he was much younger oh, and awful. Melissa's measles. Um, and then, who I could only presume are the Australian sceptics, have come up with um, Blissful Blight books. And the three titles in their, um, <laughs> on their website are Mark's uh, Magnificent Meningitis... <laughs> Let me tell you how, how, how what happens to Mark. He has, um, so he gets uh, meningitis and he comes down with a fever and chills. Um, and then he has his hand amputated and he gets fitted with a really cool artificial one. Hey. <laughs> like a cyborg. Yep. Or we have Paul's pleasant polio. <laughs> and Paul, who's really lucky to spend time in an iron lung. Yay, iron lung. Um, while his friends all pretend to be astronauts. And then we have my favourite, Susie's Sensational Smallpox. They spelt it wrong. They did, didn't they? How outrageous. Um, anyway, Susie gets small. That one's just a picture of a grave with well, a Well, that's because she dies. Oh, no, that's awful. Her brain swells up like a helium balloon. There you go. Wow. Really well done, guys. Um, and I'm hoping that Michael Edmonds actually now writes the um, scripts for all of these books. I'm going to send it along to him and say he needs to write So this it. at the moment, they've just got titles, or is there an actual book in there as well? No, this is just a title and a little... And um, a summary. summary. Okay. synopsis. Yeah, so I think hmm. it's just a... But yes, well done, guys. Yeah, so fuck you, AVN, and the horse you rode in on, and Meryl Dory. And what's her name? Stephanie Messenger. Stephanie Messenger. Okay, moving on to something not much more pleasant, but still interesting. Um, you've probably heard of the Bazinski Clinic, but just in case you haven't, I'm going to catch everybody up on what's been going on in the UK and in Texas. So, uh, the Bazinski Clinic has been around for a while, but this particular part of the story started a couple of months ago. So the Observer had an article about a little girl who was suffering from cancer and there was a big concert that was going to happen. Some well-known um, celebrities had uh, put their endorsement in behind it and the idea was basically the, yeah, the concert was trying to raise £200,000 to pay for the pioneering treatment at the Burzynski Clinic in Texas. And... The article seems nice and lovely, and here's some famous actors and some famous famous bands donating things and donating their time, uh, which is all admirable, except for the fact that the Buzinski Clinic is basically a huge quack. Now, I have to pull you up on that, okay. because he, he used to be a quack, 
So he, well, no, okay, how to explain this? So his treatment was based on these antineoplastins, which is to do with decided was missing from Yeah. So that, and that was complete quackery. And in fact, he's been studying these things in clinical trials, in air quotes, or scare quotes, whatever you like, yeah. clinical trials for about 30 years. And this is basically um, the crux of the matter, is he's running these trials, but he's charging people to get in. Yeah. And they're not publishing anything about them. And so you'd think in 30 years they'd have figured out whether they worked or not. But actually he's changing his tact now, and he's also treating people with chemotherapy. And what he is now saying is that actually what he does is personalised medicine. So they take a person, a cancer patient, and then they tailor the treatment to them, which is essentially what Everybody happens does, in normal it? treatment. But anyway, but it, so not only do they get antineoplastins, but they also get chemotherapy as well. Hmm. So that's and then and so it's only half quackery. Well, technically, I guess yes, it's half quackery, but it means that he's not actually he doesn't tell anybody when they're, you know, everyone thinks they're going for his cancer cure, which is the antineoplastins, but, and, because they make a big deal of, you know, chemotherapy is really bad, it's really toxic and everything, it's like, well, yeah, and then they treat them with chemotherapy too, but in a personalised way that nobody else does, which is what actually everyone else does. But if he's claiming to do clinical trials on this, um, antineoplastins, then wouldn't, wouldn't the trial actually be um, invalid if he also used chemotherapy? Well, you're not supposed to charge people to... Well, I know, but, but it wouldn't, wouldn't that upset the trial that if he yeah. was actually trying if he was actually doing a trial. to see if this actually had an effect and I, he was using chemotherapy the as well? It's yes. just a, a smokescreen so that he can charge people loads well, of money indeed, with indeed. It for an unproven treatment. And, and I heard somebody made the point that, that in fact, trials, you don't actually pay to no. be part fact, of a trial. People pay you to be part exactly. of a trial. That's pretty much how it usually works. Yeah. So, the article was written, and a young chap, Rhys Morgan, who was actually the author of this um, Guardian article that I'm reading, um, wrote something about it on his blog, and how this guy was rubbish, and his trials, and blah, blah, blah. And it turns out that he's a 17-year-old sceptical blogger, and he's been blogging about science and scepticism for some time. Uh, apparently in 2010 he exposed claims made by the Miracle Mineral Solution. And the reason this came into the uh, news big time is because he received an email from Mark Stevens. Mark Stevens claimed to be working for the Bozinski Clinic and the email was typical quack tactics, threatening legal action, and making noises as though he were in fact a lawyer. Hello, Reese Morgan, I represent Dr. Stanislaw Berzinski, Berzinski Clinic, blah, blah, blah. It has been brought to our attention that you have content on your website and your Twitter that is in violation of several state and federal laws. This is a legal complaint regarding the, your multiple Twitter account posts and the article you posted online, blah, 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 blah. This correspondence constitutes a demand that you immediately cease and desist in your actions, defaming and libeling my clients. Please allow this correspondence, tumty tumty tum. And it also turns out that he sent similar letters to the Quackometer and a couple of other uh, blogs. Rhys Morgan replied to the letter, 
Uh, I'm dear sir, I am confirming I have read this email. I am, however, at high school for the rest of the day. <laughs> I will deal with this situation as soon as possible with the correct action. Uh, I notice you have stated that some, sweets, some tweets are defamatory. I would appreciate you linking to them, please, so that I can deal with them. You'd think that if you found out that the person you were trying to intimidate was a 17-year-old high school student, you'd back off a little bit and uh, take the high road, maybe. But um, he started getting a little bit more threatening and blah, 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 libelous statements. You should not make any new aliases once removed. Blah, 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 blah. And so this goes on a while. I'm not going to read every one of them because there's quite a few. And it got to the point where this Mark Stevens sent Reese Morgan a Google satellite picture of his house. And, yeah, it just sort of suddenly blew up. And the fact that he'd been threatening multiple bloggers came up. In fact, what also happened was that um, Reese Morgan was put in touch with some lawyers, possibly Simon Singh's lawyers. And yes. so they then gave yes. him a right, this is essentially how this you, you counter this, this kind guy. of thing. Yeah. And it turns out that he isn't a lawyer at all. He was just somebody hired by the Zbyszynski Clinic to try so and clean up their lawyer. sort of, yeah, yeah, try and clean up their um, online presence, yeah. I guess. And as and one of the, the email that I'm looking at right now, the reply to Mr. Stevens is basically, um, you continue to threaten to bring a claim against me for the defamation. In the event that such a claim is brought in the USA, I'll reply upon the well-known well known authority of New York Times versus Sullivan, tum 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 case numbers. And as you may be aware, this would require your client to show proof of actual malice before they could succeed in any libel claim. Blah, 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 blah. It's just got this whole screed of legalese that was obviously... Um, he's consulted with uh, these lawyers about. Yeah, so and basically what's happened as a result of this is what someone has referred to as the Streisland effect, where basically because he was, because this man representing the clinic has been threatening all these bloggers to try and get them to shut up, the whole thing's just exploded and now everybody's talking about it. And they've got all this negative publicity that they don't want as a result of trying to shut up what could have been just a few people posting and moving on. Whether it changes anything for the Brzezinski Clinic, though, is another matter, and there's presumably still going to be tons of people putting... Well, just out of interest now, if you... Brzezinski Clinic into Google, you get the Brzezinski Clinic, and you get Wikipedia, and you get Wikipedia, and then you get... The Guardian article. Does that hold though? Because I thought we, I thought Google did funny things and personalised stuff to you. So if you're more sceptical oriented, then you get more sceptical stuff. If that's if it knows that that's what you search for. So. I thought it did that. I don't know. I suppose it could. Google can do anything. Yeah, Google is magic. But certainly there's the Quaco sure meter there. Not, I'm sure that's not confirmation bias. I'm sure I read it somewhere. Science blogs. It tailors the ads based on your... Based on your search, on your yeah. Search. I don't believe that I've heard that, in fact, the search results themselves are tailored to your previous um, searching history. Yeah. So, no, it's, um, it's turned out badly for them, which is good. Um, and they're going to get... A lot more people are going to be finding out or getting these, these negative search results than they would otherwise have had. Anyway, that's more than we really needed to say about that, so let's move on quickly to the next one, which is 
anti-cancer guru didn't have cancer. Susie. You know. Yeah, so this is a, um, an alternative therapies guru in Australia who um, claimed to have cured himself of cancer 30 years ago. And uh, he's, a, he's a big guy. He's got... Um, big, big or no, no, big isn't popular. Well, he looks quite tall. Yeah, he looks like something from a sort of sci-fi film, actually, with his robe on. Um, anyway, he's got a foundation. Um, he's written books on curing cancer without conventional medicine. He's, you know, treated, in square, scare air quotes, um, 15,000 sufferers. Um, his things are strict diets, mind training, and meditation. Um, but... There's a report in the Royal Australian College of Physicians monthly journal um, that he probably didn't have cancer, but he actually had advanced tuberculosis. So now you can get this in the bones and things, and this is where his, um, this, he, he supposedly had secondary bone cancer. Is this based on his description of symptoms, or have they actually got hold of something? I'm just having a look now. I see what you mean about him looking. <laughs> he looks like something out of original Star Trek with his costume. Yes. It certainly looks like the I must say the losing weight and night sweats, they're all they're all they're all typical symptoms for um right. for T B. Uh he had radiation, radiation therapy, da, da, da. And he had his leg amputated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they're saying it was um so it can be scientifically ex, um, explained by advanced and disseminated T B. Um but there's no evidence it says it. Right, okay. So it's, they, they suspect it was probably, mm. well, that is the most likely answer. Of course, so, uh, people could interpret that uh, that sour grapes by the medical profession. <laughs> mm. uh, Susie, acupuncture. <laughs> so there's, there's a study that's just been released that is likely to, um, to turn out to be, uh, it's going to start being thrown at us as a, as a reason why acupuncture right, yes. works. So the title is, um, or the, so the paper has just been published in Experimental Biology and Medicine. Um, acupuncture reduces protein linked to stress in first-of-a-kind animal study. So some researchers from Georgetown University Medical Center have used um, rats to look at acupuncture. And what they wanted to see was whether it could reduce stress. So they have taken rats, performed acupuncture, and then taken um, samples so that they can actually now measure some things. So one of the things that they've measured is um, neuropeptide Y in the blood. So this is something that's secreted by the nervous system. In rodents and in humans, apparently. Yeah. So what they did was they, they took some rats and stressed them. They had, um, they had four groups, it says. Um, one, a con control group that weren't stressed and had no acupuncture, a group that was stressed for an hour a day and didn't receive acupuncture, a group that was stressed and received sham acupuncture, and then a group that was stressed and received acupuncture. And the really important thing about the group that was stressed and received sham acupuncture and the group that was stressed and received the real acupuncture is that they didn't have the real or the sham acupuncture in the same place, which I would have thought would be what you'd need in a control group. So their control groups aren't right. It says that right here in the, in the article. We received sham acupuncture near the tail. Yeah. Where's the and, other one's got it? And received acupuncture to the WDR spot on the leg. Yeah, which is the one that they were so, wanting to. Yeah. 
anyway, and they found that the that the one with the acupuncture on this particular spot had lower levels of the stress hormone than all the others. And so they're claiming. What's really interesting is that this person is, um, she is anaesthetist and an acupuncturist. And it was funded by... NCCAM. That's the one. The National Centre for Complementary and Alternative Medicine. Which was the one that's been set up by Senator something or other. Hatch? Is it Hatch? No, Tom Harkin. Harkin. Close. Um, <coughs> who is a who is a alternative medicine proponent? Proponent. Yes. He set this up, and they've spent a lot of money, millions. He's quoted as saying that he's disappointed that the NCCAM has been disproving so much alternative medicine. He said that wasn't the point. It's supposed to prove things, not disprove them. Yeah, so it was funded by them. And they have a new person at the helm who does seem to be trying to take them on a more... Um, they're not looking at prayer and stuff anymore. They are actually looking so at... tightening it up a bit. Yeah, making it, it up. Because there was also an article recently about... Uh, is that the one we took out? About... The NCCAM in general, and how they were being criticised for studying things like prayer and coffee enemas, yeah, ridiculous things. Instead of focusing on the stuff that um, clairvoyance, those kind of things. Yeah, no, the, the the current lady at the helm does seem to be trying to move it away from those kinds of things. There's a lot of money. That's actually the money is coming from the NIH, isn't it? And it's being diverted essentially from real research yeah. into complementary research. 128 million a year. Well, it's all very well, but as long as the um, proponents of CAM actually take notice of these disprovings and then this is modify the point, their right? behaviour. Because we want to test whether things work or not. So you kind of need these centres because the, the alt meds aren't going to pay for it themselves and they don't want the pharmaceutical companies to pay for it because then it's tainted and stuff. The point is that these things are done properly and I think the problem was in the past they weren't and they were, they were based on nonsense and now this woman is really trying to say, okay, well, let's do them properly. Let's do all the double-blinded you know, double -blinded placebo controlled trials. What's sad is if they're saying that and then they funded this one which actually didn't have the appropriate controls, then that's disappointing. Yes. Frankly. And at some stage it must get to a point which I... As far as I can tell, we, we're at that point now. We've studied everything, pretty much. Mm. I mean, how much more research can we do into homeopathy before we say, okay, it doesn't work, let's move on and put the money into cancer cures or, I don't know. To be fair, there is an awful lot of money going into cancer cures too. Okay, but something that there isn't an awful lot of money that could be, but it's not because yeah. it's being diverted to studying... Even if the percentage is small, it's still a large amount of money. And, yeah, um, it is. It's a lot. And if it's wasted, then it would yeah, be better to... One of the things that was specifically mentioned in the other article is that the NIH funding has plateaued recently and is looking to drop off. So we already were losing money. But, yeah, so general. it says here, so um, since it was launched a dozen years ago, so 12 years ago, I guess, it has spent 1.4 billion. Right. So that's a lot of money. Mm. And in those dozen years, have we seen uh, uh, the CAM people's behaviour change as to what they're using now that these treatments have been disproven? Of course not. 
no. So it's a pointless waste of money. It really is. Hmm. Although having said that, if you stop studying it altogether, then there'll only be a conspiracy of nothing is going to change either. Because well, it's never been studied. So if you do keep going studying it, then eventually, I don't know, you're never going to convince them. Uh, and it's just going to change as well. So 20 or 30 years' time, no one's going to be interested in homeopathy or acupuncture, but there'll be some new... Well, no longer coffee enemas, it'll be V enemas or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, those, those work. <laughs> v, v totally works. As I think that's enema? a different podcast, <laughs> <Yep>. Nathan. <laughs> so, the... Good news article that we have for you this month is that the Boots pharmacy chain in the UK has been told. They've been told not to make medical claims for pills that have no active ingredients. The point of sale advertising in Boots stores has recommended homeopathic products as, a, as suitable treatments for a wide range of medical conditions including allergies, infections, insect bites, headaches, and earaches. But homeopathic products contain only sugar, we know that. But the products that were being advertised are now prohibited from indicating any medical conditions by the MHRA, the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, which is the statutory body charged with regulating medicines. So TLDR is they're not allowed to advertise Uh, actual medical conditions anymore. Here's the MHRA statement. The Advertising Standards Unit has recently taken action in response to a complaint from a member of the public about specific advertisements in Boots stores. The complainant was concerned that the advertisements included indications for use, but the products were not licensed with indications. The MHRA upheld the complaint. Boots withdrew the advertisements from their stores. So, but yay. not only that, they, so he then went in and found that they hadn't withdrawn them, so he complained oh. again, and now they've been told not only to withdraw them, but to destroy the advertising. So they can't nice. just put it in the back, they've got to actually destroy it. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Good. And they're asking, so this is the Nightingale um, collaboration, and they, are, um, they, they were set up by some money from Simon Singh okay. to challenge misleading medical claims, and they're asking all their... their followers to go in and check to boots the and check and then if not to okay so what happens now if a boots pharmacy does display advertisements and they print something up on the printer and this is good for allergies do they get fined i don't know shut down oh they won't get they won't get shut down this is the largest pharmaceutical chain in the uk um, which having said that is probably a really good thing because if this was just this independent pharmacies all over the place. You'd never get anywhere. The fact that it's a large chain means you can... 2,000 pharmacies in the UK. Wow. Yeah, so the head office can be told something and all of the stores have to comply. And one store breaks the rules, they get another warning, and the head office can come down like a ton of bricks, presumably. (laughs) In our dream world, yes. The history of this as well, of course, is that... The Boots Pharmacy representatives recently, or last year or the year before, in a... House of Commons Select Committee, the evidence check. Uh, The evidence check that was going on. They were quoted as saying, well, they said, basically, you can actually watch the video, that they realised that it was ineffective and there was no evidence. 
but they sold it simply because it was a if it was a money maker and people wanted to buy it. Um, so people that run boots are not they are they're dicks basically um, uh, wankers. So that's boots. Screw you, boots. <laughs> Speaking of homeopathy. Um, I've been waiting for this one. Go, tell us. The official suppliers of homeopathic remedies to the royal family. They have the seal. The war- royal warrants of appointment. Does that actually mean anything? Yeah, no. in the U- yeah it's a big deal. A big if, you, okay. if you get your seal, you okay. know, you are... Yeah, yeah, it's a big, so people will be more likely to buy from yeah. you if you had a seal? Okay. They are the first name in homeopathy, apparently. And this just appeared today. A friend of mine um, linked to this, showing that you can buy... Um, T-Rex, <laughs> T-Rex, um, homeopathy. Homeopathic, homeopathic T-Rex. T-Rex. Now, yeah. is that just a brand name or are no, they no, no, claiming... no, this, no, this is one of the, so one of the solutions of water may well one day have have seen a bit of T-Rex. All sorts of stuff's been in the water in the past, but I it doesn't T-Rex. have any effect because only the stuff that you put in deliberately well, this is the, no, 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 no. Yes, they've deliberately put. They deliberately started with some T Rex. Right. Well, where did they get that from? Well, I'd like to know. Oh. I mean, I guess presumably they stole a boat. Would it be a fossil or something, perhaps? They don't say. They just say they've got this great website. What's it meant to cure you of? Ah, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> so the list of ailments. This is on the page here. Goes. Yep. Lots of mind. Omnipotence. Um. Yeah. So omnipotence. Sorry. What? Um. Irritability. Obstinence. Um, no, I'm sorry. I want to come back to omnipotence. <laughs> Are they curing you of, of omnipotence? Hang on, hang on, hang on. You mean impotence? No, no. Omnipotence. omnipotence. What? As in no, as in being all powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a remedy that God would take. Yeah. Capital if he didn't G want to God. God. If he, uh, and this would cure him of his omnipotence. But also How, of but, his extreme pain in his lower limbs. Indeed. Ever had that. And his obstinance. His obstinance. Which uh, this is looking quite good wait, wait, now. His yeah. delusions yes. of um, fear of the of dark. Being in another world. Yeah. His dreams of dinosaurs. <laughs> greatness and death wishes. And his fear of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Let there be light. Um, and it's quite cheap. So you go onto their website. You no, no, no. I'm, so I'm still stuck still, on this omnipotence. The, the way they get this information is by giving someone the, the substance and then the, so this proving process, and then you write down the symptoms that you get. So someone got given the, the undiluted, and they became omnipotent. Oh, my goodness. And then, so conversely, then the, the homeopathic version cures those symptoms. Yeah. So if you give someone T-Rex, they become omnipotent. And mm. yeah, for the, we Homeopathic are talking people. about Tyrannosaurus, Tyrannosaurus Rex. That that, that, that that is the T-Rex we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. But see, uh, I don't I don't buy that actually. Don't. I don't think that's right. <laughs> if you've got a T-Rex fossil, yeah. that's not a T-Rex. That's a fossil. If you well, actually, we don't know how they, we don't for know it how to they be a T-Rex, T-Rex homeopathic solution, you must have had a T-Rex. Taken some of its skin or its flesh or blood and then homeopathized it. <laughs> you can't do it with a fossil and then say that it's a T-Rex a new verb. solution. Surely, that's 
Well, maybe they took some False of the collagen, some of the collagen that they found in, in T Rex. Oh, that's that's pushing it. I'm sorry. I think. Um, yeah, I think this is false advertising. Yeah. Oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. Um, two pieces of three petrified bones of T-Rex. That's where it came from in 1995. Petrified bones. Right. Is that different to a fossil? Well, the fossil's been replaced, hasn't it, yeah. by minerals. But petrified has been... Very scared. Change organic matter into a stony concretion by encrusting or replacing its original substance with calcium something or another... Yeah. Uh, or other. So is that fossilisation or no, that's petrification. petrification? So it's the same as fossilisation then. Because that's definitely how fossils work. Because it's not the original thing anymore. It's well, the shape of it. We'd need to do a search about what the difference between fossilisation and... and um, We've got time. It's a rare form of fossilisation, according to Wikipedia. Okay. There you go. It's um, the process by which organic material is converted into stone by impregnation with silica. Well, I've got a page here, but I'd need to understand it first. Scientists don't use the word petrified much. What we call petrified... Wood, they'd rather call fossil wood, but petrified has a nice sound, and I like to hear it. It sounds right for a fossil of, of something that looks and feels like a, tea, a tree trunk. So generally, petrified is I was going to say, is petrified for, is usually wood. trees, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, I think that's enough about them. Omnipotence, I can't get over that. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I'm having trouble getting over my omnipotence too. <laughs> Dreams of greatness as well. Wow. So there you go. Mm. Uh, and Susie, you want to briefly tell us about Rosie Redfield getting some awards? She hasn't got an award, but she's just been named one of um, Nature, the scientific journal's um, top science newsmakers for the year. And who is Rosie Redfield? So she's a microbiologist who came out really fast when uh, the arsenical life forms science paper from NASA came out and she basically said, you know, there's no evidence in here to say that arsenic is the is the um, is used in uh, instead of phosphorus. Yeah. And um, the so way that she was she did it, um, you know, went all over the blogosphere and stuff. Um, she's been named one of the top science news makers of the year and that's fantastic. Well done. She's Congratulations. got purple hair. Oh she got purple hair. And, and she's a microbiologist. Awesome. So you two should totally get together and get a photo. Uh, this is who I want to be when I grow up. All right, well done. And let's do some Woo Zealand. A Wellingtonian acupuncturist named on the New Year's honours list. Ugh. That's all you have to say, really. So the New Zealand's honours list has come out as well, and an acupuncturist has been named, um, has been made a member of the order the New Zealand Order of Merit. Okay, um, I don't his know what that is. Exactly. Can you give us a brief? Well, he just get well. It's a. It's I mean, it's an honour. An honour. And he gets to now put M N Z M behind his name. It's kind of when you, it's the you're sort of on the list to being a on the on the road to being a knight or something. You go member, so officer, commander, blah 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 blah. And he's on that list for services to acupuncture. Apparently he's been doing Why it would in Wellington for... qualify him to be on a list? I don't know. They basically recognise people who, uh, who've who contributed to a particular field, field. for a long time. And and acupuncture seems to be a field you can contribute to. Yes. Maybe one day there'll That's be a disturbing. services to podcasting award. Oh, I'm liking the sound <laughs> of this. Okay. Yeah, but then I would actually deserve it. <laughs> now, this guy is just an acupuncturist. I mean, what the hell? I think... 
that we should do, and this is just me, I know I'm not, the completely unnecessary sceptical podcast is not endorsing anything at all, but wouldn't it be an interesting idea if everybody went to his website and went into his clinic and grabbed some flyers and checked his advertising and see if there's anything we can complain about and do a mass complain. Now, I'm not suggesting we harass him in any way, <laughs> but there's got to be something on his website here. Oh, his we website can... is, I mean, it's... Have you got a Google Maps um, <laughs> photo, photo of his house? Of his house. <laughs> so if anybody gets a chance, go to this guy's website, find anything you can and complain about it to the Advertising Standards Authority. Mm. Uh, is there any sort of medical authorities we can complain about acupuncturists? Don't think so. Okay. Eye disorder, respiratory, respiratory systems, gynecological problems, neurologic disorders, apparently. Like omnipotence. Indeed. Ah. The World Health Organization recognizes that acupuncture is effective for over 40 diseases and syndromes. Yeah. No, it surely it doesn't. No, it does. Does it? Yeah. The fuck, WHO? Seriously? Oh, God, I'm not going to read any more of this, guys. Um, Put that on a list of things to do. So we'll um, find out anything we can about this guy, make some complaints, and see if we can take the shine off of his new medal. (laughs) Moving right along to recent events that was quite fun and interesting for a day is the Power Panda was back very, very briefly. So... I received a, an urgent, uh, urgent message from Rainer on Facebook saying, quick, 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 go here and complain. And it was grabone.co.nz. And grabone.co.nz was advertising the Power Panda Total Saver Residential. Now, if you don't know what the Power Panda Total Saver Residential is, that means you haven't listened to all of our podcasts. And you should immediately uh, don sackcloth and ashes go to our website and download all of our past episodes. And we talked about that, and that was on another, was it Yazoom that we were talking about? Well, I don't know where it originally came from, but yes, it was a daily deal site. It was one of those sites. Um, This time, however, um, Rainer had started some uh, discussion on the Grab One discussion page. So, yes, so the link is back up now. All the comments are all still there, which is quite good, so we'll put a link so you can go and have a look at that. And there's a couple of other guys here, Jared. Well, I think I think there are about 10 different people who are putting sceptical comments on the page. Juliana. And then Andrew. Uh, okay, Craig, you tell us, because this is about where you joined us as well. Yes, yeah, so, um, well, uh, so so one of the good things is that there were, one of the good things about Grab One is that it allows discussions about yeah. the um, products, and they do seem to be reasonably open in that they uh, aren't, um, censoring comments that are critical of products. As far as I can tell, there was only one post that was removed, and they said it was because your post has been removed as you mentioned other business, which I guess is fair enough. And then everyone else's posts stayed here. Yeah. So there are yeah. There's, so there are probably about ten different people who are criticising the offer, yeah. um, and so. Um, Have you said what the offer was? So yes. yeah. So exactly so this same. was for the. Um, Power Panda Total Saver product, which supposedly is a power factor correction, yeah, power factor correction product and surge suppressor. Now, Nathan, you found that you could actually buy the exact same device. It wasn't me that found it. Okay, well, somebody found that you could buy the exact same device from uh, a US website for around about $28. 
not a US website. It's AliExpress, which is um, sort of a consolidation site where Chinese companies can list products and then you can go in and buy them in bulk. So you want some cheap little plastic crappy toys, you can go to AliExpress.com and buy them. And one of the things you can get on this website is a power factor correction device. And one of the photos on this guy's websites shows the sticker on the front of his pack, on the front of this uh, case, which is exactly the same as one of the pictures on the AliExpress website. It's exactly the same. But he'd stuck his own little sticker over one side of it, one half of it. Yeah. And the rest of it was exactly the same, which you can buy for about twenty bucks each. Whereas they were on the grab one thing for two hundred ninety-seven dollars, which was claimed to be on from fourteen hundred ninety-seven dollars. Oh, God. So there's a red flag. If something is so good, why would they be offering it at an 80% discount? Although, that is kind of what Grab One does. Yeah, but an 80% discount for an actual physical product is... Um, I couldn't tell you all the stuff they've had, but it is often it's services and... Quite, quite often, yes, it's, it's large discounts for... A massage for, for $20 or something. Yeah, for half yeah. price or something like that. But, um, yes, when it's an actual physical product... An 80% discount seems quite uh, amazing. Yeah. But this whole discussion, there's three pages, and it makes for great reading. Well, in- <laughs> including the fact that the actual um, promoter of the product is, is actually responding yeah. to the... Or trying to respond. Trying not to responding, res- as the case may be, yeah. Well, at least posting responses. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he... I mean, he, he's obvious. He's he's taking the position that people are knocking it without actually trying it, and all um, the usual arguments. Yeah, completely ignoring everything that everyone's telling him. Now, as someone pointed out, there's nothing illegal about buying something for thirty dollars from China and then selling it for fourteen hundred dollars if people are willing to pay that money for it. Yeah, um, I do argue though. I think that's somewhat unethical, if nothing else. Um, and it's possible that if he's inflating the value of that product by claiming that it does all these magical things for you, that that could be um, some sort of a fraudy sort of something. Um, anyway, though, the outcome of all this discussion was that Cindy from Grab One posted, thanks for your feedback this morning. Due to customer feedback, we have decided to stop this listing. We apologise if this has caused any inconvenience. How many people bought one before um, they took it off there? Well, that's what's... Yeah, well, you can't get to the actual page anymore. But you could, at the time when it was there as a listing, you can see down the side how many people are buying it. On the Yazoom one, which was also running on the same day, but with his other product... A different product, Which is just called the Power Panda. Um... I think I noticed at one stage it was about 12 had been sold. Okay. Uh, and the Power Panda is just a timer for your hot water cylinder. Okay. Um, again, looks like a fairly cheapy, nasty sort of digital timer to me. Yes, and it looks like he's selling it for an inflated price. Yes. But, I mean, the, the, I mean at least it, that it does plausibly could save you some money if you manage to time things correctly. I'm still not convinced about that, but it's not no. an outright scam. The no, same it's not an outright scam. Um, 
and and I actually do personally know somebody whose um, whose mother has one of these devices installed. And uh, <laughs> someone's mother? No, well, this friend of mine's mother has the device installed, and um, she swears by it. Well, she's obviously pleased with it and has saved money, so she has she has her timer set up so the hot water cylinder comes on for two hours before dinner time and two hours before she gets up in the morning, which and supposedly that will save her some money. But of course, the electricity company controls the hot water cylinders via its ripple control system. So if it happened that um, that they had turned the power off when your timer came on to turn your um, electricity onto the cylinder, then you would actually end up with um, cold water. So it's a bit of a gamble. I mean, rather than buying this, this little device and installing it and turning your power on and off, if you really want to save money, your best bet is to get an instant heating system where there's no water stored at all, and when you want hot water, it heats it up for you. Um, live, as it were. Still, if you already have a hot water cylinder installed in your house, then you're probably not going to go and chuck that out to put <sighs> it in instant system. But I, I wonder about the economics of it anyway, in that if you're turning your hot water cylinder off for the for the whole day, then the water's going to cool down completely. And so you're going to waste all the way back up heat it all the way back yeah. up again. And you'd be, probably be better to actually just insulate the cylinder yeah. so that it actually well, retains its heat. done that as well. Um, Kiwis are terrible about this kind of thing. Yeah, well, true. How long does it take to heat a hot water cylinder from cold? Two uh, hours enough? Seems like... Two or three hours, generally, when I've tried it in the past. Oh, well, I did actually do a bit of research. On when I, the Zoom one came up, I went and had a look at some other... I just Googled it, see what other people were saying about it, and um, the comments I was seeing seemed to indicate that it would probably work and that it would save you money if you were to do that. Mm. Um, but I suspect you could probably do it cheaper. Mm. It's, it's actually quite instructional to go and look at the, the website that's promoting the product and that it, it is a typical site of red flags everywhere. There's a testimonial from a commercial company. It was the Yazoom one. I came on and basically said this guy's a I say proven con artist or something. And all of a sudden he starts um, fairly predictably um, threatening me with slander. Threatening to prosecute me for slander and all blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. If this name-slinging and false accusations continues, we will have no choice but to get your details from Yazoom and take legal action against the said slander and false accusations. <coughs> and uh, I think I said... Oh, James, who was also posting, said, um, you won't be able to get Nathan's name without official court records, blah, 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 blah. And I posted uh, the reply before I'd actually seen that with my full name and how to find me on Facebook. <laughs> and I said, uh, have your lawyer send me a message to get my full contact details. Or you could just post a link to your evidence or give me the contact details of the engineers that did your testing. Um, and I don't know why I need to keep pointing this out, but spoken is slander, written down as libel. And I mean, that's the end of the discussion. Yeah. So I haven't heard from him yet, or his lawyers. One, one interesting comment that the Grab One people put on there was that they have offered this deal before and they didn't get anything, anything like the it. feedback. Yeah. But obviously, people are on holiday at this time of the year and got nothing better to do. Yeah, so that was that. It was quite exciting. So well done, Rainer, for getting on top of that one. And, um, and there, there, are some, there are some, it looks like there are some very dubious products on, um, on Grab One. And all these sites, really. Another one, another one that 
is popping up all the time is a company called Healthy Bod that it sells slimming patches and things like that that maybe we should uh, look at as a target. Indeed. So, yeah, yes. Uh, I feel like I was about to say something, but I can't remember what it was. So, and Susie, some success story from Michael Edmonds. Yeah, so a little while ago, Michael Edmonds put in a complaint to the Advertising Standards Authority about a website that he'd seen that offered detox therapy for cancer, arthritis, pathogens. Um, and what this therapy oh, it's one is... Put your feet in the thing. Put your feet in a warm foot bath and a special field enhancer ionizes the water, charging your cells as the blood passes through your feet and stimulating the body's natural cleansing pro uh, processes. And they suggest you need 10 to 20 sessions at $65 per session uh, for the full benefits. Anyway, so he complained, and his complaint has been upheld. And what's been really interesting is that he got, um, he got to see the um, response the advertiser made to his complaint. And it was very interesting. So what they basically said was that only if you had a chemistry degree would you understand the process um, and then the whole load of nonsense. And what they didn't realise is that Michael Edmonds is a, is a PhD, PhD in chemistry. chemistry. <laughs> and so there are things like they got wrong what water breaks down into. So they said it was H an H minus and an OH plus ions and this is an easy mistake to make yeah so just a whole load of nonsense really and um they as as their scientific evidence they put forward a magazine article and several abstracts without names or journals or anything like that and they were all rejected by the asa as inadequate so he's riding on a high and looking to make some more complaints which is fantastic i noticed in his um in his blog though he doesn't actually mention the site why did he not mention the site? He was told not to. Uh, so he, were, he was sort of asked not to do anything about it in, in the letter. Oh, not publicise. Yes, yeah, that's part of the ASA yeah, process that yeah. you're not allowed to publicise. Talk, yeah. talk about it until the until the thing is over. So he he sent an email around our Siblings email to say he that he'd got it and he wanted to write about it, but this letter said so and so, and somebody else said, oh, it's probably just a. Um, because they normally release all their judgments, so sure. he said, "There's probably just a time limit on it. Why don't you find out what the t you know okay. what the embargo is, and then you can do it." And then the the post appeared, so he obviously had found out. The advertiser then continues by claiming, amongst other things, that negative ions are absorbed through the skin by osmosis. That negative ions are, by definition, alkaline. The negative ions quote, negate free radicals and positive ions which are acidic by donating the electro extra electron they carry. Many people who are sick are very acidic. Uh, uh. Yeah, mental, 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 mental. I mean, why would you just make shit up and then hope that the guy, the people that you're sending it to aren't going to check anything? I mean, do they honestly think this sort of thing would work? <laughs> you know what? People like that would make excellent marks if you were a con artist, yeah. because obviously they ex they just believe everything yeah. everyone sends them without checking anything, yeah. because they're expecting everybody else to do that. Hmm. Uh, these guys are probably baffled as to why this didn't work. Either that, or they're just cynical and trying to make money. But that's what I'm, even if they're cynical and trying to make money, they can't possibly believe 
that sending this bullshit, just making shit up and sending it in, would work. Why would they think that? Unless they themselves are susceptible. So what I'm saying is I should be sending these people 419 emails. Um, <laughs> My bank a, in Nigeria yeah, yeah. <laughs> needs some money. Let's I, try I, that. I, <laughs> because they're obviously that gullible that yeah. they think this shit will work on other people. Yeah. Right. The completely unnecessary sceptical <laughs> podcast does not endorse the sending of 419 scam emails to gullible, gullible, gullible people. Well, just okay. as well we don't know what the website is then. Yeah, it is. <laughs> We're not going to put that link up. Um, so that's all of our Woo Zealand articles. And what have we got now? Oh, look. Susie rants about the Ponsonby News. Ah. <sighs> Okay, so John Appleton is flying the flag for high-dose vitamin C again this um, month, pointing out the farmer who was dying of swine flu or something, and then he got given high-dose vitamin C, da 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 Anyway, what was kind of interesting about it this month is that next to John Appleton's column is a full-page advert for a book called Primal Panacea by Thomas Levy who's a lawyer and cardiologist. And it's all about, so he's written numerous books on vitamin C. And in fact, he says, after 15 years of research and personal observation, I can categorically say that high-dose vitamin C is a clinical miracle. Um, The book is available from Pathfinder, I think it is. Pathfinder Books in Auckland. That just sounds like a... It's a a woo, woo. it's a woo book. book They sell woo Um, So what's really interesting about this guy is um, on his website, he's actually got his CV. So you can download his CV and you can can have a look at it. Um, That's fairly common, isn't it? No, I don't think so. Really? Yeah. Um, So he got his medical degree in the 70s, I think. His law degree more recently, like in the 90s. Um, it says he's currently associate professor at Capital University of Integrative Medicine. I just thought it was quite interesting that he claims to be an associate professor at this Capital University of Integrative Medicine, because if you go to their website, they uh, have been discontinued. So in 2006, they discontinued their degree-granting function and closed operations, because actually they were one of those places that didn't, you know, were giving out fake CD, uh, fake yep. degrees in in integrative medicine. That's not where he got his degree from? No, no, but that's where he's associate professor. And in 15 years of research, he hasn't published any peer-reviewed papers on um, vitamin C. So, yes, quack. And John Appleton is is stinging it, and there's a huge whole page. So was John Appleton specifically talking about this guy's book or just vitamin C in general? No, he was just talking about vitamin C and suggests that every one of us would be well advised to take a very close look at the role of vitamin C in the prevention and treatment of disease. Um, What's very interesting, so I have complained to them numerous times about the fact that they have not, that they don't say that John Appleton sells vitamins for a living. Right. And while they don't, they have added a little footnote to his... his Let me guess, not a disclaimer? No, so the Ponsby News says... Having successfully used nutritional interventions when the best of conventional medicine failed to resolve a serious chronic illness, John Appleton has spent the past 12 years researching ways to prevent and treat degenerative diseases. John imports high-quality nutritional supplements that he uses to support his keen interest in cardiovascular health. 
Interesting. I disagree with the term research because that makes me think he's actually doing something, but I yeah. guess he's piddling about on the internet, which I guess you could say is... But anyway, that, so that is directly in response to me saying you have to say he does something. And while I would have preferred them to say yeah. he sells crackery, they have said <laughs> he imports high-quality... It's halfway there. It is. <laughs> it is. They do mention vitamins, although they're not making it explicit that that is his... So they're trying. Um, uh, very trying. Moving on to Mr. Adjet, who is just quite funny. This He's quite funny every month, really. Um, this month he's talking about sunburn and how you could prevent sunburn. And so... I'm not feeling that this is going to be humorous. This sounds like it's quite um, dangerous, stupid advice. Is that what's coming forth now? Um... Well, no, does he say use sun cream? He must say use sun cream. But, so what you could do is you can avoid foods such as peanut butter, cheese, bread, miso soup, soya, and tomato sauce because they have the same hot, oily, and sharp qualities that can aggravate the skin. That'll apparently make your sunburn worse. Uh -huh. um, so he's talking about pouring it on your skin and not... I don't know. Uh, you know what he's like. Um, and... Oh, so sorry. The letter is to deal... is is from, a, from somebody from Arch Hill saying, I'm always dealing with cases of sunburn over Christmas. Get your children to put sun cream on it. Anyway, so are there any natural... No, he doesn't. So are there any natural remedies might, that might help? And so he says... Stay out of the sun. Oh, no, he does say, he repeats their message of slip, slop, slap. So he does okay. say that. Anyway, he does some things. Tomato juice, um, cabbage leaves, um, barley flour and milk. On the egg, on an egg on the face, silver. Anyway, then, so that so his preventative okay. things are to avoid peanut butter and things, but also to support the skin through regular oil massage, using either sesame or oleana oil, which you can get in our in not in my in their in their place. Um, this keeps the intercellular fluid well hydrated and removes free radicals from extracellular fluid, preventing damage to sensitive skin tissue. Does any of that make sense? No, not really. No. But there you go. That's Mr. Adjet. Why would we? Now he's not. He's not suggesting you put the oil on while you're in the sun. No, he's suggesting you go to their spa and have regular massages. Because that'll mean that you're less likely to get sunburnt. Because you're inside in their spa. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of being out there. <laughs> good one. Okay. Oh, God. What can you do? I, I honestly don't know why you still read it, to be honest. I think I just... No, don't... Discourage her from reading it. Anyway, we are given a break because they don't publish an issue in January, so we have a month oh. off. I don't know what I'm going to do. You have to find something else. Right. Uh, no interview this month. I'll do have some good ideas, so hopefully in the new year we'll have some interesting interviews. Hopefully, oh, I won't tell you what it's going to be because it won't happen. And then then you'll jinx disappointed. it. Yeah, jinx it. I want to jinx it. Craig, do you want to give us our quote for the day? Well, Very meaningful quote. We're all going to take our hats off. and Yes, because Christopher Hitchens died this month of complications from esophageal cancer. And so I have a quote, I have several quotes from him, but one, one that I have chosen that I quite like is, many religions now come before us with ingratiating smirks and outspread hands, like an unctuous merchant in a bazaar. They offer consolation and solidarity and uplift, competing as they do in a marketplace. But we have the right to remember how barbarically they behaved when they were strong and were making an offer that people could not refuse. R.I.P. Hitch, you will be missed. 
And moving on to the word of the day, it's eucalygon, which means a neighbour whose house is on fire. <laughs> and I just want to say for the record that my neighbour's house fire recently <laughs> was a complete coincidence and I had absolutely nothing to do with it. You mean your eucalygons? My eucalygon, which I went out, of course, and used the word. I said, hey, you know, you're my eucalygon today. No, that's all not true. I'm just making it up to try and be funny. But um, there is a word for that. It is eucalygon, neighbour whose house is on fire. I can't see a lot of call for that use of that word. And yet, it's it's in the list with words like I think it was our first one, wasn't it? Um, a basinate. Do you remember what a basinate means? No. I wasn't here. Oh, you weren't here. Susan, you were there. What does a basinate mean? No idea. Oh, it's to blind somebody by putting a hot, red hot copper basin. Oh, that's there right. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. There's a little bit of flashback for you and uh, recap. And that's our episode. You've been listening to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. If you'd like to send us a message or an email, check out the Contact Us form on our website, thecusp.org.nz. Are you really up there? Step up the game, as it were. Craig, stop it. You always turn up. You're supposed to turn them off. Who, yeah, all your friends are here. Who could possibly it's be my mother? You? <laughs>